I am delighted to be joined by UConn junior Irene Sotirio, who is a Truman Scholar, marking the 10th time since 1986 that a UConn student has won this prestigious honor. And Irene joins me now. Irene from Middletown and East Catholic, thank you for joining me today. And for the folks who don't know, Irene, what does it mean to be a Truman Scholar? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on the show, Wayne. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I I can't tell you that I know the full scope of what it means just quite yet because I'm only getting into the process. But uh, what I can say is that it's a tremendous honor. There is a lot coming at you very quickly, uh, and it's incredibly exciting and also very humbling. Uh, I will be going to Missouri in, I think, two, three weeks where I will be meeting a bunch of other scholars and uh, sort of exploring our own interests in public service and trying to challenge ourselves to grow as, uh, as sort of as civic servants. And later, uh, the, the scholarship sort of helps you um, get internships in D.C. and helps you pay for graduate school. So I'll be going to law school after I graduate from UConn, and the scholarship will help me afford that, which is Excellent. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> and and overall, I think it's just it's a really wonderful opportunity to learn more about yourself, to challenge yourself to become a better public servant, and uh, to really just grow in, in your own perspectives by meeting other people who have very fascinating ways of viewing the world and of engaging with people around them. Irene, how does one become a Truman Scholar? In your case, do you apply for this? Does the Truman Scholar people come to you? Does UConn nominate you? How does the process work? So it's a very multifaceted process. It starts by you deciding to apply. Uh, And I had some people, some wonderful people here at UConn, who sort of uh, encouraged me repeatedly to apply. And I don't think I would have taken a step without them because it's such a daunting process, and you think, no, there's no way that they'll pick me. You know, there's going to be so many other people that will be so much more qualified. Uh, but there were people at UConn that saw something in me, and I'm very grateful to them for having seen that, whatever it might have been. And so what you do is you then uh, go through this very, very lengthy process, uh, which at UConn starts with an internal nomination process. So I had to answer a ton of questions uh, about my high school experiences and my middle school even uh, experiences to a certain extent. And, um, and then, of course, your college experiences academically and extracurricularly. And then the university decides who to nominate. And I was fortunate to have been nominated by UConn. And then from there, um, I went through a second process, uh, which would go at the national level. And this also includes three letters of recommendation, um, in addition to, I think, like maybe 15 essays. So <laughs> definitely very, very time-consuming um, and really makes you evaluate closely what you want to do long-term because there are questions about where you want to go to school after you've graduated and why and you know what you want to be doing in you know seven years and what you want to be doing in, say, 12 years and what you want to do long-term. You have to really, really uh, learn about what's out there, which was very helpful to me. Um, and then finally, there is this, Really, um, I don't want to say intimidating, for lack of a better word, though, intimidating interview um, with a, a number of fields, sort of a panel interview um, with some incredible experts. My, uh, my interview, I remember speaking with someone about this, my interview uh, had Michael Dukakis on it, which was amazing. <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, but there's this interview, and, and you've got people asking you questions all at once and just hitting you from 
all cylinders. And for people like myself who actually enjoy interviews, it's very exciting, but I can see why uh, some people hate that stage. <laughs> and then once you pass that, you find out within a week whether or not you've got it, and that's it. Well, the funniest thing about that, though, is that at that interview, which included Michael Dukakis, you thought you bombed the interview. So does that mean that when you were finally notified that you became a Truman Scholar, that you were surprised? Oh, I was absolutely shocked, actually. I was expecting, so it was a WebEx call, and I was expecting to get into that call to uh, speak with our Director of National Scholarships at UConn about my interview, and I was expecting to talk about how, you know, I had answered things in ways that maybe were a little non-conventional, and I was trying to read the room, and I couldn't really tell if the interviewers were receptive to what I was saying, and I had this feeling that maybe what I said was a little too controversial, um, and I was like, great, now I have to I have to relive this experience, and I see a number of people on this WebEx panel, and I'm like, no, what's going on? Do I have to explain this to multiple people? Um, and then I see, you know, uh, President Merrick, and I see a mentor of mine, uh, Dr. Bradley Wright, and I see people from the Office of Undergraduate Research, and, and just all of these amazing places on campus, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and, uh, and, and then President Merrick goes, you know, congratulations, and I'm in my head, you know, so convinced at this point that I didn't get it that I'm, I'm thinking, is she saying because I was a finalist? Like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Do you think your controversial answers in the interview might have helped you get the Truman Scholarship? I think maybe. Uh, looking back, um, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe having stayed true to my opinions uh, could be something that the, the panel of, of interviewers appreciated. And I appreciate knowing that the that the scholarship organization values differences in opinions and perspectives and values candidates who challenge sort of traditional thought. Irene represents UConn in a highly select group of 58 new Truman scholars from around the country, and she is from Middletown and an honors double major in statistics and cognitive science. Can you explain what those mean and how you tie them together to go into foreign service? Absolutely. So I've always loved math, uh, and I think having a strong grasp of quantitative skills is very, very important, especially if you're entering a sphere of, of sort of a professional sphere that doesn't often have those skills, like um, usually like public service, there are fewer people with quantitative backgrounds. So I sort of very early on at UConn decided to go into statistics. I was taking a class. I loved it. Um, chose it as a major. Um, good for sort of continuing my challenging that sort of part of my brain. And then I, I started thinking about, you know, what else am I interested in? And I've always been fascinated by the brain. Um, and I ended up finding my way to cognitive science, which is this very interesting interdisciplinary major that combines all of these different fields like neuroscience and anthropology and psychology, etc. And, uh, and now I sort of see that as a great combination in shaping foreign policy because it helps to have this strong grasp of brain and behavior when you're thinking about how you can shape policy that targets brain and behavior, right? You're trying to stop uh, conflict. You're trying to influence people to behave in particular ways. I think understanding cognitive science and then also being able to assess the research that's coming in in front of me for myself using my statistics background um, can be very helpful when I'm at that table. And it allow me to bring something unique to the table that hopefully um, will be a benefit to my colleagues. So that, that's my take on it. 
Recipients of the Truman Scholarship get a $30,000 scholarship toward graduate school and the opportunity to take part in professional development programming to help prepare them for careers in public service leadership. So you found out that you got the Truman Scholarship, you told your parents, and then who'd you tell? (laughs) Well, actually, I told my grandmother before I told my parents. And by the way, what's your grandmother's name? Her name is actually Irene as well. <laughs> Are you named for her? I am, I am. All right, and uh, tell us where your grandparents and your grandmother are. So all of my grandparents are in Cyprus, which is this beautiful small island nation in the Mediterranean that my family is originally from. It's sort of on the, on the eastern end of the Mediterranean, sort of at that intersection of Africa, Europe, and the Middle East. And... Um, Yes, I, I immediately, I FaceTimed my grandma, and then I FaceTimed the rest of my grandparents. My grandfather in particular was, you know, someone who had been very, very excited about this for me, and so it was very nice telling all of them and seeing their reactions. And tell us about the help that Costas, your grandfather, gave you for your interview for the Truman Scholarship. <laughs> so my grandfather was, was, of course, very excited, so he decided to... Uh, come up with a list of advice because he, he couldn't get, we, we live, uh, the time difference between Cyprus and the U.S. is, I think, six, seven hours, uh, depending on whether, like, where we are on daylight savings. So there were a lot of times when he would miss me. So he started making a list of, of advice, and it was uh, things I should do in the interview and then also uh, traits about me that would make me a great candidate. Uh, and it was really the sweetest thing um, that made my day because it was, of course, uh, very busy and overwhelmed in the days preceding the interview, and it really gave me the confidence and the strength to feel really good going into the interview. And, uh, yeah, my grandparents are really some of my biggest supporters, and I'm incredibly fortunate to have that in my life. I love to hear that story. Irene plans on attending law school following the undergraduate education at UConn and is interested in a career in foreign policy. And you're actively involved in several student organizations at UConn that may help you in that direction. Tell us what those organizations are. Sure. So uh, first, I'm in the student government. I'm the Speaker of the Senate, and I just won re-election, so I will be for two years, and I, I love that. It helps me practice my public speaking, uh, it helps me engage with different students on campus and see how civic service can play out on a college campus. Uh, I'm also the founding president of the UConn Human Rights Symposium. So in that capacity, we organize this week-long conference that explores all of these uh, very pressing issues of the year in terms of human rights. And that allows me to uh, feel that we are bringing in the community to sort of honor what we see as, as sort of almost a responsibility as a land-grant and flagship university to challenge these issues, to bring in the community to find solutions, uh, to use our power of education to spread awareness and to uh, create sort of lifelong global citizens. So that's my involvement on campus. I'm also involved in things off campus, uh, which contribute, I think, to my uh, development as a non-human rights major, uh, allow me to sort of still probe those interests while studying statistics and cognitive science. And Irene, what's the role that UConn professor of sociology Bradley Wright has played in your academic success? Oh, Dr. Wright is the absolute best. Uh, He has been, uh, so I started working with Dr. Wright my freshman year. I joined a research team that he was leading that was studying purpose and meaning in life. And up until that point, I always considered myself a very practical person. I saw 
a career is, is, is a job, and that's it. And working with Dr. Wright sort of opened my eyes to the possibility of finding a career that would also incorporate things that bring me purpose and bring me fulfillment um, and make that also sustainable so I could have a good standard of living while still creating something intentional and something that was profoundly fulfilling to me. And I, I, you know, I'm so thankful to Dr. Wright for that experience because it really just shaped the trajectory of the rest of my life, I think. And uh, he's still a wonderful mentor and someone that I look to and respect. Uh, Could not be more grateful to have met Dr. Wright. He's a wonderful, wonderful professor. It's ironic because Harry Truman was the last U.S. president who was not a college grad. And by the way, Irene, he was president when I was born. But congratulations on your Truman scholarship. Sounds like you're really headed for a great career in foreign policy. Thank you very much. UConn has developed a rich tradition of producing Truman scholars. Had two last year for the first time in school history. Sage Phillips and former morning show guest here, Sina Wazer. Wawa Gatheru, she was a morning show guest here, won it in 2019 and later became UConn's first Rhodes Scholar. And another former Truman Scholar from UConn was David Ushery, who used to be a newscaster on Channel 3, and now he's a news anchor on Channel 4, WNBC, in New York City. Junior Irene Sotorio, our guest this morning, a Truman Scholar from the University of Connecticut. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.